Welcome to Blood Taps, your ultimate True Blood Rewatch podcast, where we sink our teeth into an all-new episode every Thursday. We're your hosts, Ashley and Fawn, so grab your favorite AB positive, and we'll meet you at Merlot's. Welcome back to Blood Types. We are on Season 3, Episode 4, Nine Crimes. Still reeling from Bill's shocking call, Sookie and Elsie grow closer when she joins him at a full moon party. Arlene's hormones are getting the better of her, and she snaps at Jessica, a big mistake. Meanwhile, Bill's allegiances to Russell Edgington is seemingly proven after successfully hunting for their dinner. There we go. I made it through somehow. Good job. Thanks. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> well, we're... I don't think anybody listens to us for the synopsis. <laughs> Nobody cares about the synopsis. They're like, we can Google that. All right. Yeah. Well, where do you want to jump in? Because this was a pretty action-packed episode. I really didn't think I was going to have a ton of notes, um, but I have a ton of notes. So <laughs> where would you like to start? Yeah. I love, just a side note, I love how I couldn't write a paper in high school, and now that we have a podcast, I'm writing, like, 2,000 word things a week. <laughs> You're like, oh, all those essays I needed to do, I'm doing it for True Blood. You're welcome. This is this is content I want to write about. These are the thoughts that I want to have. Exactly. Um, I feel like Arlene's was literally just, like, it only happened in Marlotte's. Yeah. Hers was very So great. I would say her and Jessica's were, like, the, yeah, the least exciting. But she didn't snap at Jessica. She didn't even talk to Jessica this episode. No, she took it out on Sam. Yeah, she didn't even speak one word to Jessica. So the synopsis is wrong. Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> that's what I was saying too. I was like, she took it out on Sam because first she there was no help, and then he's mad that he uh, brought in another redhead because apparently only redheads get tips. So. <laughs> Yeah, she tells him, she almost slips that she's pregnant, but instead is like, I just hate it when people are taking advantage of you. Like your parents and Jessica and Sookie and all your waitresses just work whenever they want, which is so true. Like, she's not wrong. These people just work whenever they want to and leave whenever they want to. And she's the only, I don't even like Arlene, but I'm like, yeah, I get why you're upset. (laughs) This is a toxic work environment. I feel like we've all been there being like the fed up employee, but like, it's so unfair. Nobody, everybody gets to do this, that, and the other. And I have no say. And even Sam was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. When it's like, but she's right. Every She's the only one. Everyone's gone. And it's not like you've had a big staff to begin with. Like you had four people. No. So poor Arlene. I love Terry. Uh, I love Terry so much, especially when he, like, at the perfect moment, brings the food out and was like, oh, yeah, your parents are grilling out back. Oh, fuck Sam's parents, dude. Just like, but yeah, Terry, the fact that Terry is like, and then afterwards looks at Arlene and is like, we'll never be bad parents like they are. It's like, they take the cake. We can, yeah, we can't traumatize people more than they have. So we're already winning. They're horrible. Well, I guess on that note, you just want to jump into Sam. Yeah, I guess we can. He doesn't have that big of a... So his parents are still in town, and they just decide to just, like, go park their camper behind a tree? Yeah. I don't know why he didn't think they would find... Like, Sam would find them. They're literally still on the property. (laughs) They're like, we live here now, but, but don't worry, we'll leave by tomorrow. And then they don't. Yeah, they don't leave at all. In fact, they stay for 
way past their welcome. Parents are just living in his parking lot in their RV, and Tommy has just fucked off after stealing from Sam. And they're like, as soon as he comes back, we will make sure that we leave. Don't you worry, Sam. And so not only did Sam just leave Arlene all night again, making like proving her point even further, but he then goes into the woods and he finds Tommy, who's just like laying naked in a random patch of the woods and throws a pair of pants at him. And they have this like weird bonding. It's a cemetery. Oh, it's the cemetery? It's a cemetery. How long was he walking? Like he just left work and poor Arlene literally is still just the only person there. My question is, how did he know to go there or how many places did he look first? Yeah, a good point. Like, well, I mean, maybe he turned into a dog and like sniffed out the scent or something. I feel like if they had shown that would have. Would have, like, I would have had less questions. Yeah, it would have made so much more sense if they were like, oh, Sam used his ability for the first time in the correct way, and uh, we found his brother. But yeah, so they have this weird bonding moment in the woods about Tommy hating his parents and Sam wishing that he would have had parents and now regretting finding them. And he brings Tommy back to his parents, and the dad, like, comes out and is like, boy, I'll whoop ya. And then Sam is like, I have a place you can stay. But you have to not steal from me, and you have to stop drinking. And it's like, stop. He is such a cancer. He is such a cancer. Don't help these people. But it's family. It doesn't matter. They're not his family. He met them 24 hours ago after falling asleep in their driveway. He saw how toxic they are already, and is still like, yeah, I'll hang around. Honestly, like, the more he knows his parents, and I think he feels it too, the the adoptive parents are not that bad. Like <laughs> It's like, abandon me again. They- <laughs> Yeah, they they literally was just like, bye. And then he turned out to be better than he probably would have ever been. They truly gave him a better life by not being in it. They're like, okay, you can stay until you're 16. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. I agree full heartedly. That was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. You're going to keep doing this, Sam, that I can't care about you, okay? Yeah. And I love that the mom was like, we'll do it. We will do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have had no control over this family the entire time. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever your name is. Linda or Beth, whatever her name is. Blonde lady. Blonde lady Sam's know. mom. Melinda. Melinda. Was oh, it yeah. Melinda? I think it was Melinda Pickens. Or no, actually. It was like It two, was just a few days ago. It was literally two days ago. If that. Yeah. Bill proposed. Yeah. But Bill proposed to Suki. Like What? Three days ago? Yes. Yeah, and that was when <laughs> Sam went to go find his family. Every time we talk about it, I just get more confused. <laughs> it's a very upsetting thing to know now. Like, the more you realize. Yeah. Ever since we've gotten that email, I have never known peace. Like, <laughs> and I will never know peace. <laughs> she has, yeah, she has rocked our world. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see. Should we just talk about Jessica? I feel like that's a... Just another little blip on the thing. Yeah, go for it. I think she, I mean, I totally forgot about her. And you never see Sam go check on her. <laughs> so how the hell did he, like, ask her to have a job? <laughs> he just, well, Alice, he was out strolling looking for his brother. He was like, might as well just stop and make sure she's okay and alive. At the very least. Right. That is, yeah, that's a deleted scene we're adding to this. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that would, that would make so much more sense. And she already has a uniform? Maybe she just took Suki's. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) And so she sees that guy from Bible study. Mm -hmm. 
and I forgot his name too. I, I'm just not good. Did with he names. say a name? If he did, I didn't write it down. David. So. Sure, that okay. sounds like a Bible study name. So. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, your parents are gonna be so happy!" And she goes, "Fuck." <laughs> okay. And she glamours somebody for the first time on her own. Mm-hmm. And she yeah, seems pretty successful. Which is successful. the perfect time to use it. Right. When you're stranded alone. <laughs> yeah. Hoyt sees her mm-hmm. and assumes she's on a date. And if he had just, like, stepped in a little bit closer, he was already fucking <laughs> stalking out in the open. Yeah. He was not hidden at all. It was just like, oh, what's yeah. Jessica doing? Oh, she must be fucking that guy. <laughs> Better go inside. Must be. <laughs> then... I hid it first, though. <laughs> I just wanted to be known that I also lost my virginity to her. So I get you Bobby's Bible study guy, but just know uh, <laughs> I was there first. Do you think that's why he like feels like he has dibs or oh. like has this weird feeling of hurt? Mm-hmm. They had sex and he's emotional. He's like, I have to have you for the rest of my life. You can never even look at another man. Hoyt's going through it right now. That sounds like Hoyt. <laughs> yeah. We've all, we've all been there, sweetie. Breakups are hard. <laughs> And can we talk about how Jason hasn't worked all day because he's been at Merlot's threatening teenagers and getting drunk off his ass and blackmailing Andy in the bathroom? I hate Jason. I know we're going to talk about it. And I know we talked about it a lot last week. But so they're having a like goodbye party for Bud. And this is where Arlene is saying she's the only one working because Jason has brought Hoy and someone else who was not Lafayette. And to get a beer at Merlot's. And Arlene's like, I'm the only one here. You're going to have to wait. And these rowdy kids who are underage get served a pitcher of beer. And they're, like, being loud during Bud's ceremony. And Jason goes up to him and, like, takes a pull stick out of his hand and starts threatening this, like, 16-year-old and sexually harassing his girlfriend. And is like... Yeah. And it was like, I would have had sex with you under the bleachers in high school. It's like, okay, Jason, she is literally a teenager. She's not even old enough to be here. And Jason, of course, is like, you need to respect these people. No one's going to remember who you are in 10 years. Just like no one remembers who you are, Jason. Then he gets drunk and tells Andy in the bathroom that he is going to make him a cop because he's already killed eggs and he tackled a drug dealer. So he's already the best cop that Andy has. And so he wanted this, like, right now. He goes, yeah. I don't want to fill out papers. I don't want to take any damn tests. I've done these two things that really, <laughs> I committed two crimes. But, like, he's kind of right. He's done more than a lot of the other cops he's- have. He just, you can't just walk up and say that to people, though. No, you really can't. He is such an idiot, but he is not wrong. I will give him that. He is not wrong. Physically, he has done more than any of the cops in town. But still, he goes, well, I might just have to let it out that you, uh, what is it called? Falsified evidence. And I'm like, your dicks are out. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You're literally peeing right now. Can you wait five seconds? Well, but my thing is, is like, why would you want to be honest about that if you're trying to avoid being caught? And literally, the last episode, he felt bad about it, and now he's bragging about Mm -hmm. it. He killed somebody, and there is no remorse. Yeah. What the fuck? He's the worst. Yeah. He was literally so triggered last week about seeing all this, this test anxiety, and seeing bullets in everybody's head, and now he's like, well, I killed a known killer. Yeah, you killed an innocent man yeah good great job and like i love the fact that marianne has never come back up like it literally was last week and no one has brought it up again 
That's old news. <laughs> We're on the bigger and better things now, okay? <laughs> a main Push it out of a better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, I don't know. It's just so ridiculous. Like, sometimes those things mesh together, and I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense, Jason. Like, you are so stupid. Yeah, he was like, but he was so remorseful and so scared at the very beginning. More like just getting caught after yeah. he did it. And then they had that one blurb where maybe he feels bad about killing eggs Mm -hmm. and it's affecting him like a normal, it would a normal person. And then they're like, no, he just wants to be a cop because this is what Jason wants this week. And he's used to getting everything he wants the easy way. And he's probably going to get it. I have no idea. I'm like, at this point, kill him off. We don't need him. Yeah. (laughs) We're not (laughs) even going to go there and watch him live to the very end. Oh, 100%. So... Where do you want to jump to next? We have Bill. Tara. Oh, my God. I would just like to delete Tara from existence for a little bit (laughs) so this damn girl can rest. Because she has not known a minute of peace since she has appeared on the screen for season one. This poor fucking girl is still being hypnotized by Franklin. And he's asking her about Suki and Bill. And she kind of tells him, like, you know, the reason Suki is interested in Bill is because he's quiet and she's a telepath. And Franklin asks if Jason is one, and Tara says no, and then tells Franklin how she thought that she was in love with Jason, but he wasn't in love with her. After that, he has her call Suki to find out where Suki is, and he's making eye contact with her, and what he is saying, Tara ends up saying, which is terrifying. Just that whole, like, consideration of mind control being that strong and to that point that you literally can just make somebody say whatever you want is horrifying. And she eventually is able to break away from it. Uh, My thing is, it's the worst ventriloquist act I've ever seen. (laughs) You can see his mouth move the entire time. Suki couldn't hear him also talking. Like, he was so close to her that he would have, like, could smell her breath at all times. Right. And Suki can't just be like, who the fuck's that? Yeah. Why do you sound... Also, why are your sentences like that? It doesn't make sense. Tara's not one to be like, where are you? I'm coming to get you right now. Mm Because Suki always has an army of men to do that. So she already (laughs) should have known that that's weird. Right. It's a red flag when, like, Tara would probably be like, okay, well, bye. Good luck. Like, call Eric or something. I hope you're safe. I'll see you later. But... No, Suki apparently doesn't realize and instead is just like, I'm tired, I'll call you tomorrow, and hangs up before uh, she can get an answer. And this is when Tara is finally able to kind of break away from Franklin's spell, and he zooms up on her and kidnaps her. He literally ties her to the bathroom toilet and leaves her there in the morning. Is she pantsless? I thought thought so at first, but I think they're just flesh-colored pants. Okay, and I love that. Like, once he puts the flowers in her hands, she holds them till the end of the episode. <laughs> she just keeps a hold of those bad boys. It's like in the SpongeBob episode where it's like, firmly grasp it. And he shoves the net through Squidward's hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did tape them to her hands, mm-hmm. though. And I can't tell if he's serious that he likes her or this is just a game he's playing. I think it's both. Because he bites her. That was one thing I didn't say was he bit her. Like, a bad bite. Not a fun, nice sexy bite like a not fun sexy bite no there's like gaping wounds in her neck yeah and i don't know i i really think that he quote-unquote likes her as much as a deranged sociopathic person can like someone and he keeps talking about how he will now have emotional fulfillment with her 
and all of this stuff. And I don't know, this poor girl is just getting kidnapped left and right and doing shit against her will left and right. And they end up at Russell Edgington's house. Oh, that she doesn't know. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Yeah, she does know because he asked for her. But she doesn't know she's all the way in Jackson, Mississippi, which is that a hop and a jump? Because everybody can get there so fucking quickly. I mean, they got to Dallas in like no time at all. So I feel like who knows? And, and now that we know that vampires can fly because Eric That's loves true. to fly in this episode, even though Franklin and Tara were in a car, maybe they flew at some point. Oh, I don't know if they said that all vampires can fly. Uh, he didn't. He's. I don't know if all vampires can fly. I don't think so, because in the sequence with Eric, he then says, can all humans sing? And Suki so goes, well, I can't carry a tune in a bucket with a lid on top. <laughs> Sometimes me. All right. Well, that's kind of where we leave Tara is at Russell Edgington's house with firmly grasped flowers in her hand and uh, Franklin just kind of chilling and waiting for Russell to show back up. Should we talk about Eric? We already were talking about how he could fly. Yeah, let's talk about Eric. It's weird that he's having sex dreams about Sookie. <laughs> I didn't know what that was, but <laughs> would you want him floating outside your window to wake up like that? Um, hmm. <laughs> sometimes yes, sometimes no. <laughs> it's about a 50-50 split. I guess it depends on the mood I'm in. Um, but I think anyone floating outside your window is just a horrifying thing to have to deal with. I would never want to turn around and see somebody floating in my window. But I think I could get over the shock a lot faster mm. if I realized it was Eric Northman. I'd be like, oh, you right. scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Babes, you gotta stop doing that. <laughs> Why did she have to invite him in if he, she doesn't own the house? Oh, maybe hotels also have a no vampire entrance rule. They're like, these are human rooms. You can't enter them. I guess in his dream, she was in a hotel, but... She, he didn't know she's staying with Alcide? I guess not, because he did not imagine her in the place that this girl was. This girl was in a house. <laughs> she was not in a hotel, especially not a high-rise hotel. And man, they're kissing. I thought their kissing was bad, which is not my favorite. But when Cooter and Debbie <laughs> kiss, that is, I think I gagged a little bit. Yeah, I don't feel like Eric and Suki have chemistry. Well, one, because you're jealous, and probably <laughs> all the people... <laughs> I just love how we put it on our Instagram and nobody else <laughs> was a fan of Alcide, which that's fine, bitch. Like, for you. that's fine. I have no one to fight for. It's just me and Alcide. But when you posted that, like eight people was like Eric. And I bet so many people would like want Eric. So I'm okay. I'm so You just sad. got some competition, girl. I really you wish that you got some competition. I wish that people would have looked at that post and been like, you know what Fawn deserves? Just... Everyone would be Team Alcide and let her have Eric. Okay, that's what she deserves in 2021. We will sacrifice it and let her have him. But no one did, so it's fine. Now I just have to wait for all of the other seasons to find a hot babe to crush on since I can't have Eric, apparently. I told you, Pam. I know, but she's too tied up with Eric's life. And then I have to keep creating these fan fictions in my head where like, yes, I'm with Pam, but Eric is secretly in love with me and is like trying to sometimes steal me away. And I'm like, no, Eric, like I'm with Pam. And he's like, but I'm her. It just gets messy. So, you know, I can't be too close to the action. Yeah. I've already thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard to love them both. <laughs> I see that. You have put a lot of thought in it. And speaking of Pam, like she's hot. Like, she has a nice body. Mm -hmm. Everybody in this show is gorgeous. 
So one of my favorite lines happens <sighs> when nice. <laughs> when Eric comes in and goes into Sicky's hotel room and she invites him inside. He asks about Bill and she makes some comment about him not being the one. And then she's like, I can smell your memories. Did you used to spend summers by the sea? And he's like, yes, I did. And then, <laughs> then she goes, I've got skills you can't dream of, cowboy. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite lines in this Freaking Anna Paquin is ripped as hell when she rips off her, like, robe or whatever. Her body is insane. Absolutely crazy. Love it. 10 out of 10. Jealous. I would love to have her body. Yes, yes, yes. I felt the same, especially when near the end when they're going to the wolf pack bar. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this was not what was in that, like, cherub nightgown in season one Mm -hmm. when she was just going to run out in the the front yard and have sex with Bill. That's not the body that was in season one. No, you know that she put a lot of time and she was like, I'm going to have sex with all these men. My favorite thing about this daydream of Eric's though, is that he has a stripper in front of him at Fantasia and he like comes to in the middle of a strip show. And she's like, am I doing it for you? And he's like, no, you can leave. I think that was the one he was having sex with at like the opener of season one, three. Oh, probably. Season three. Probably. He keeps them In around. the basement. Ginger's been there forever, so we'll never get rid of these girls. <laughs> oh, Ginger. I know. Hopefully we, it's been a while since we've seen her. <laughs> Good. She doesn't need more trauma. Yeah, for real. She's getting a vacation in right now. <laughs> so Lafayette is in the middle of trying to sell V to these very scummy looking people. And he is essentially told, no, we're not going to be taking your product. And as he goes to leave these people are in his car and like messing with his car and then try to attack him and assault him. And then Eric just comes rushing out of nowhere and picks up the main dude by the throat and tells him like, you're going to buy this and you're going to push this product. And the guy eventually says yes. And then Eric says, and that's how you close the deal. And then him and Lafayette get into the convertible and they drive away And as he is lecturing Lafayette about his ego, uh, he gets a phone call from Pam and she says that they're being raided by the magistrate and they have found V. And so the magistrate chains Pam up in the basement and is torturing her when Eric comes in and tells him to stop. Which I love Mm -hmm. how he just zooms out of the car. (laughs) How he literally just rolls the window down. And shoots out of Lafayette's <laughs> car. I think that was one of my favorite parts of the episode. It's incredible. Like, the writing in that. Because Lafayette is telling him, like, look, I can do a good job, blah, blah, blah. And then Eric just fucking rolls down the window and leaves. And Lafayette's like, well, okay, I guess. Hope that went well. Conversation over. Yeah. And so as Pam is being tortured, she says that that Bill is one for providing vampire blood, not Queen Sophie, and that Eric is just trying to quote-unquote gather evidence. And the magistrate gives them two days to put together all of the stuff, or he will give Pam the true death. I wonder how that's going to play out, because that's a pretty big lie to try to prove on somebody. Yeah. How are you... I mean, two two days in this world is, like, going to be on episode 12. So we probably have until the end of the season to figure out what they're going to do to frame Bill. So at least we have some time. But, I, yeah, with... I don't know. Russell Edgerton seems like a pretty powerful man. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to go. Well... Because, I mean, I understand why he did it, because Eric was going to be in some big trouble either way. Yeah. I mean, Eric would probably be put to death at this point, unless he can prove that it's Bill. So we'll see. 
Bill and Russell are talking about their lives together and blah, blah, blah. And Bill essentially says that after all of this is taken care of, he wants Lorena put to death. And Russell reminds him it's illegal to kill a vampire. And Bill says, not if anyone doesn't know. So Lorena may or may not die. But speaking of Lorena, we start with her saying that it's been the best sex she's had in decades. And Bill saying that the passion that she felt was him killing his love for Sook. And when he tells her to leave, she refuses and is like... Oh, he's so dramatic. He is the worst. He calls Sookie. Okay, we'll talk about the phone call in a second. We'll talk about that in a second. After she tell he tells yeah. her to leave, he punches her in the face so hard she flies across the room. And then he just closes the door on her. Ugh, I just have a lot to say about Billiam. I, I don't know. I don't know where to even start. But yeah, I, uh, I understand how he literally to her face says, I hope you die like multiple times. I will never love you. Get over it. You're I'm just worst. not that into you. <laughs> and she goes, you know what? Forcing him to be around me. That will work. Yeah. It's a very toxic relationship. I hope no one ever looks at this relationship and says, wow, I wish that was me. I hope nobody looks at Bill's and Sookie's relationship either because he cheated out of anger. Yeah. His phone call to her was the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Uh, but it was straight facts, though. It was? Okay, but that doesn't, ruined her life. that doesn't mean that he needs to be mean about it. Yeah, the only part I didn't really agree with was, uh, and we've made love the way two vampire, only two vampires could. Oh, and I was like, okay, sorry, <laughs> you couldn't twist my head around while you fucked me. Sorry, so I can't sorry. be her. <laughs> sorry, I can't please you the way she does. <laughs> would, would you like he her? doesn't even like her. And I don't know why he keeps doing this. He's such an idiot. He's the worst. But man, after his phone call, so cold, so all this to Sookie. And then he gets off the phone and has a temper tantrum. He's like, I never loved you. This is what he's like. You felt my love for Sookie dying and all of this stuff. And my notes said, honestly, Bill is right. He did nothing for this woman, but almost get her killed. Yeah. And when he said, honestly, you did us both a favor by not saying yes, little did he know she's wearing the ring on her finger right now. Oh, and has been looking for him. Like, fuck you, Bill. First of all, you literally disappeared. You were kidnapped. You didn't just fuck off on your own volition. Like, you were kidnapped at the restaurant you took your girlfriend to to propose. And this bitch has done nothing but try to endanger everyone once again to get your dumb ass back. And you're sitting here being like, don't contact me. Don't try to come find me. This was a mistake. You've you've literally known her two and a half weeks. We haven't even hit whatever the threshold is anymore. Was it six weeks or three weeks? I don't even know. We've hit no timeline. <laughs> but it's whatever. Like, you've barely known this poor girl. You've put her through so much, and now you have the audacity to be like, I don't want to be with you, Suki. I don't like you anymore. Fuck off. Just send her a text message that's like, I'm being held captive. I'll call you when I can. But literally, it was a monologue pretty much being like, I'm leaving you, and we never would work and lose my number. Bye. <laughs> pretty, And I also am fucking Lorena. So the one I told you not to worry about, she's here. And I'm fucking her. Okay, so I, I have so many notes that I didn't talk about. So let's go ahead and talk about Alcide. And then we may have to turn around and backtrack a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to circle back. I, I wanted to, to, to um, bring in. Yeah. Um, 
So are we still talking about Bill? Go for it. Because I want to talk about the stripper scene so bad. Yes. Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about it. So they go around in a limo because, of course, they would go around in style. And they're talking about the different kind of person they want to have for dinner, which smoky? What does that mean? As somebody who is a chain smoker or has uh, charred themselves on a barbecue grill, preferably. We want her marinated in nicotine, please. (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) We want her not too fatty and make her ethnic. Because why? And the man brings back a lady named Anne. (laughs) Who's a white girl. (laughs) He brings back a tiny little white girl. Not ethnic. Not smoky. Just and very skinny, like none of the requirements were met. I did not order this. He didn't understand the assignment <laughs> at all. But one thing I liked, at least when I was watching it, I don't know what song they were playing when Anne or Destiny or she was taking, she was turning around to take her top off. In the line, the lyric in the song says, "She will never love you again." Right when Bill is getting a lap dance oh. from this girl. Maybe it's foreshadowing. Maybe Sookie will never love him again. I hope the God not. I hope so too. Does Bill die after this? <laughs> That's like the only thing that'll make it better is if Bill dies. So we're going to have to go through this melodrama that is Sookie and Bill and all this for God knows how long. It's going to be him and Jason until the end and that's it. <laughs> Probably. You know that um that meme about... Tyra Banks was like, I'm rooting for you. Everyone was rooting for you. That was me. That was me before he slept with Lorena. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how dare you? Like, I wanted to just to, to put on a, Tara, a Tyra wig and literally just yell at him. <laughs> I, first of all, love that scene in America's Sex Top Model, but poor girl who had that happen to her. That fucking sucks, and I'm so sorry. But two, you're so right. Just genuinely being like, Bill, why do you have to be a piece of shit? Like, you could have been a good guy. Why are you evil and horrible? And why are you fucking with Sookie? And I think the vampire club must have been, or the the strip club and the vampire, or what, werewolf mm-hmm. club must have been just down the street, right? It had to have been. Because he was, he was able to go, like, Russell Edgerton was able to go do his thing um, and then come back clean. Like, nothing happened before Bill was able to get a laugh dance and glamour a girl. Yeah. That's what I've decided. Yep, because Bill literally goes inside (laughs) and he is like, okay, I'll go find dinner. And then Russell and Lorena are in the limo and Russell goes, I have some business to attend to. If I'm not back before Bill gets back with our dinner, just enjoy. Like, just go ahead and start without me. So Bill comes back out maybe half an hour later and Russell is back. And we'll talk about where Russell was in a second. And, like, just opens the door for this poor girl, and then they just eat her. But it's literally been, like, 20 minutes. It hasn't been long at all. Yeah, so I guess we should just go ahead, and we get to talk about Alcide again, and I'm still very excited. (laughs) Go for it. I'll let you pave the way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, perfect. Since he's all mine anyway, because nobody has taste. Just kidding. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I am not part of the Academy. I can't nominate anybody for awards but i if i could can we take a second to talk about how that tissue she put on his shoulder didn't fucking move the whole entire scene it stayed glued to him the entire 
<laughs> Steen, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Literally, she just pressed it there, and it didn't fucking move. <laughs> Can we take a second for the real heroes here? You know that the, the arts tissue that didn't If any of the arts move. department of True Blood are ever listening to this, God bless you. Because... The way you made that stick on his body for so long, absolutely 10 out of 10 incredible. It's And it's so funny how dramatic he is about getting this piece of paper, like, put onto his shoulder by Sookie. You're okay. You you shifted to a wolf. But how did he get cut on his shoulder when he got, like, somebody held him down and he was getting punched in the gut? <laughs> did he fall down between there and then? Like, oh. what happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so bad, because it's true. Like, it was just a literal moment for him and Suki to touch each other and, like, have a moment. But their moment was so awkward. Like, she, like, is holding his shoulder. Yeah. And they're staring in each other's eyes. And then she's like, okay, well, I have to go answer my phone call. And that's when Bill, like, breaks up with her. And then they're like... Oh, she just grabs it. She knows it's Bill just immediately. But Alcide essentially tells her, I'm sorry you're crying over this guy. And then they have another moment where she's like leaning on him. And he's like, well, I guess you want some time alone. And she says no. And then he goes, well, I better go put on a shirt then. What? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, that's the last thing I want. He goes, okay, then I'm going to leave then. And I'm like... Yeah, okay. okay. The ultimate sexual tension killer, putting on a t-shirt. That's, you really want to kill the vibe? Just throw a shirt on and it's over. Yeah, but he does spit some facts in here, though. Yeah. Stuff that I just needed to hear on a personal level, especially the next time during breakfast. I don't know when he tells her. First, he's making a steak in a walk at, like, I assume, 9 in the morning. <laughs> I assume 9 in the morning. And literally tells her, why is he still looking for some dude that doesn't want her? And she's like, you're the guy who bought, won't buy a frying pan and buy and makes food in a walk. Let the man like, that's live. That's not a good comeback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, you're in his house. <laughs> he saved, he put his life at stake for your ass. She's like, it's only been a month and you haven't replaced the furniture. Oh, sorry, Suki, not all of us get paid in vibes, okay? Not all of us get free furniture for Merlots, okay? Some of us have to get jobs and pay for furniture. And do you know how expensive sofas are? They're very expensive. Furniture. But if he goes to her house, she still has Grant's furniture from 1978. That's like, <laughs> What do you mean? That's had dead bodies on Actually, it. that's probably like, it's probably like 1930s. And her house was a literal main ad den that had sticks and food and blood everywhere. Raw meat just out, out every window. They had eggs in there. They had literal, like, eggs. Okay, go ahead and say that, and then we'll talk about the sister. Uh, I was going to say, one of my favorite lines does happen in there, and it's Elsie talking about how um Suki's stupid for like wanting to go see Bill and she's like he needs to say it to my face and then I'll believe it and then uh he's like it hurts like a getting kicked in the nutsack and she goes I don't have a nutsack be like we know so the sister comes and I can't remember I remember she's talking mad facts about like he loved Debbie and you can't help who you love or something like that while she's while she's getting um Suki ready she is gorgeous. Yeah. By the way, her his sister is gorgeous. Looks like she's from the Jersey Shore, <laughs> but gorgeous. That's the standard for beauty. Somewhere, like you, so. 
you can't tell me that you didn't watch her and you were expecting her to be like, Ronnie, stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Jersey Shore, but I just know the memes. And yes, I could see her saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Uncultured. I know. White I girl. Know. <laughs> you don't gym tan laundry? I don't know what that means. You don't gym tan laundry? I know this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And since this is an audio podcast, she is fist bumping. Aggressively. <laughs> like her life depended on it. I'm trying to get the club hype right now, okay? <laughs> the cabs are here. It's t-shirt time. It's Sure. All these, do you want to understand? I need to watch Jersey Shore now. <laughs> Everybody's turning this podcast off. So, Alcide's sister comes over and makes Suki a super hottie with some black short hair and some fake tats. And then Alcide is like, finds out from Suki that Debbie is not getting married. She's getting initiated into Cooter's pack. Hate that. And is going to get branded and is on vampire blood. And so he, of course, is like, dumb, like, blah. And then it finally agrees to go, but says, like, we're going to have to be separate because I'm not getting beaten up for you again, essentially. And punches a hole in the wall just to really drive home the masculinity of the scene and so they go to the party sorry one thing about Suki is like she just got broken up with but she still wants to find Bill but the way she talks to Alcide about going to his ex fiance's because she actually said yes is party and she's like well why don't you want to go we gotta find Bill we gotta find Bill he doesn't give a shit about Bill yeah she honestly only thinks and cares about herself and her wife yeah it's like this man got her his heart ripped down you're like let's just go to the party maybe we could save her from the bee and newsflash they don't no no they super don't so they go to the party and again it's a shit show but she could hang this time she takes like four shots immediately she becomes a woo girl <laughs> another thing we have in common me and Suki. <laughs> you get two shots in and immediately the woos start coming out <laughs> And also, Debbie's a woo girl. First, she walks up, seeing who the another girl at my engagement party or wedding party or whatever kind of party this is, initiation. And she goes, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> she literally looks like an '80s like rock star. Her hair and her makeup immediately. I was like, "Is this Tiffany?" See, I don't remember if that's what she looks like because when we bought that like True Blood book. With the, the cocktails in it. She has blonde hair. And she looks totally different. So when this girl walks up and he goes, she's with me, Debbie. And I'm like, Debbie? Okay, so let's just go ahead and get to the end. Because I think we've been talking for so long. So they're at the party. And Debbie and Cooter make out in front of Alcide. Which is the grossest kissing scene I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I've seen Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox make out <laughs> at the VMAs. So the... the <laughs> once again the bar is so, very low okay i've seen some shit <laughs> i have seen some shit and it's gross mm -hmm. and then um she just crowd surfs <laughs> and they strip her into like a holographic <laughs> bikini it doesn't make sense her pants the way her pants literally get ripped <laughs> off of her is not physically possible like they literally just get like swooped <laughs> off the side of her and yeah, she like gets crowd surfed up to the front. And <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't, 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, and we have to talk about Russell Edgington. Um, when he bites into his own arm, it sounds like somebody biting into a peach. It's so juicy. Wet. Yeah. 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 It's gross. But gives her a beautiful fur coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like shot glasses. And how come Alcide and Sookie didn't stick out like a sore thumb because they didn't bow? I know. I thought the same thing. And Joe Manganiello, he's like 6'7". Like, you would notice the 6'7 guy not bowing yeah. to the leader with everyone else. You know? <laughs> and they're having the full conversation out loud while everybody else is quiet. So you know somebody in the back was like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'm trying to see. I can't see Russell. And he, like, literally, like, serves his blood in communion cups. It's like a weird, like... That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. It reminds me of communion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it kind of R.I.P. Jesus. R.I.P. Jesus. Yeah. So Russell tells <laughs> Debbie she can't drink any of his blood. It's a no-no. And But everyone else around her starts drinking their blood. And then they fucking brand her. And like, everyone's getting horny off of this. And I really thought <laughs> that he, like when he turned into a dog and she was laying on the floor on her stomach, I was like, Please don't put a bestiality scene in here. Like, I, my heart cannot handle that. But everyone in the bar starts turning into wolves, including Alcide. And as he starts to turn, he tells Sookie to run with this, like, deranged look on his face as he's also turning into a werewolf. Yeah, it's so weird that he would be affected. I guess just the energy and so many people changing. But I thought that would make sense if he was part of the pack, is what I thought. But I guess... If everybody's doing it, he's got to do it too. Just a weird, wolfy thing. I guess, because that's the big thing is, like, Cooter's pack, hate that, hate even saying the name Cooter, uh, is, like, a rival pack to Alcides, and so he's not included in this at all. He didn't drink the blood pack mentality. I don't know. It's like if everybody jumps up, yeah, I think that's it. So I think, I think somehow, somewhere we have talked about most of the episode. <laughs> So I just want to double back just real quick. My favorite line is when um, I think this is when Sam confronts his parents and tells them that Tommy's been stealing. And the mom's like, he does a lot of he does. He does some weird stuff when we're in hard times. And Sam's like, how often are you in hard times where he has to do that? But my favorite line is the dad goes, that boy makes my ass itch. That's my new saying if somebody annoys me, that that boy makes my ass itch. That is, hands down, as soon as I heard it, my er- my ears knew that it was gold. That my- it was just gold. Mine is when Alcide and Sookie meet Debbie, and he's like, once you do this, Debbie, like, once you get initiated into this pack, you can't come back to my pack. And she goes, I don't need your pussy pack. <laughs> just the way it was said, like, I love that. I love, I don't need your pussy pack. <laughs> she was, how did she hold it together? I, I have, if I would have seen that as a line and as an actress and they were like, you have to say this, I'd be like, I can't do this role. I can't do it. I can't say it. I don't need your pussy pack. Okay. <laughs> love it. There has to be a gag reel somewhere. There has to be like a blooper reel where they're just literally dying. Yeah. Laughing. <laughs> If anyone has it, please send it to us because we need to see it. 
All right. Well, that is another episode down. Nine Crimes, which honestly, the credit song of this one was real good. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the whole episode. I was like, wow, this is the first one where I've heard every single song. I've been like, I like all of these. Yeah, we need to start a playlist. I'm sure there's a playlist out there. Probably, but we can make another one. Just songs we love. All right, so that's been another episode. We have been fun and Ashley, if you didn't hear that from the (laughs) title. And the best way to get our attention is we really love five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Not only do we love hearing your feedback on how much you love the podcast, but it also helps other people find the podcast so we can grow our true blood little community here. And especially we've loved talking to you guys, loving hearing all your favorite characters, loving that I'm the only one loving I'll see. Still, still really proud about that. Yeah, so reach out on Instagram. We love and read all the comments and we just love to have a conversation with you. Other than that, we'll see you next week for another True Blood Thursday.